Hi, my name is Liam, and you're listening to Let's Nurture, the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about GPS technology and the unexpected importance of clocks in connecting the modern world. Before we get much further into this, I should probably talk about space. Space is inherently an interesting topic. For one thing, it's there all the time. I know that sounds silly, but I find myself forgetting sometimes. That blanket of blue light scattered all around that keeps us from seeing out and into the dark can be comforting and too easy to imagine as a ceiling, an actual presence. For another, things in space don't work the way things work on Earth. Okay, you caught me. That's a lie. Technically, they do work the way things work on Earth. It's just so many of the confounding factors are stripped away that your intuitions, honed over millennia in the ancestral planes, begin to work against you. If you throw a ball on Earth, it traces a smooth parabola as it's decelerated by gravity and the forces of the atmosphere, before landing, perhaps softly, some ways away. Human brains are exceptional at predicting and understanding this motion. Just look at a juggler if you don't believe me. In space, though, well, that's a different story. In space, when you throw a ball, you have no ground to brace against. Nothing to transfer the force back into. By throwing the ball, you're also pushing yourself in the opposite direction. A ball, or a satellite, once thrown, will continue happily at its current velocity until it hits something. And I don't mean in a few minutes. Velocity is conserved by the laws of physics. That ball may hit something in trillions of years. I, for one, can't even hold a number that big in my head. I can't even really imagine the digits that make it up. It all just rounds off to too big. My brain, the sloppily put-together tangle of neurons that keep me functioning, takes so many shortcuts to get to a working model of the universe that I struggle to really grasp numbers over around four. I can tell you how many four is. I can count four rocks instantly, intuitively. It's in something called the subitizing range, if you're curious. But that ability breaks down quickly. I can just about hold nine in my head. Know what nine of a thing is without breaking it down into smaller pieces. Can you picture eleven of something all at once? Without cheating and breaking them down, can you really feel 11? I can't. A trillion is a pipe dream. A trillion years from now, the sun will have died. By then it will be a white dwarf, comparable in size to the earth today, having burned up all its resources. Then, only then, that ball might bump into some insignificant chunk of matter in the universe. Perhaps one made significant by the unbroken line of causality, drifting back to a small mammal that once lived on a wet speck, one that was prone to taking hypothetical examples too literally. There's one other thing I want to talk about, and that's orbit. This one can be tough. 
It isn't just that the moon is, for mysterious reasons, attached to a great gearing system in the sky, keeping it locked to the earth. The moon has been trapped by the ever-present pull of gravity. Orbit isn't really a function of achieving a certain distance from a planet. The real key here is horizontal speed. Go fast enough, and the curve of the Earth itself slopes away before you manage to fall far enough to hit it. Do this high enough up, past the atmosphere, and the velocity problem we talked about comes into play. With nothing to slow you down and some careful planning, you can leave a satellite falling at the same speed and in the same path around the Earth for as long as you'd like, the object constantly being dragged down as it travels. This does something important. Important enough that I've spent all this time talking about space. It makes satellites incredibly predictable. Predictable enough that I can tell you exactly where they are at any given instant. Now we can get back to GPS systems. A GPS system relies on a series of satellites that orbit the Earth and constantly send one simple signal, the exact time and their identity. That's it. Your phone doesn't actually connect to the satellites. They just pick up on the signals being pumped out by these precision machines. So how do we take the time and therefore location of a satellite thousands of kilometers away and turn it into our exact location? Well, because we know exactly how fast electromagnetic waves travel. And we've gotten so good at telling the time, we can determine the distance from the satellite based on the signal that we receive. And since the satellites are in space and a stable orbit, and thus incredibly predictable, the receiver can determine the exact location of the satellite at the time the signal was sent. Your phone takes the time that the GPS satellite sent the signal, as well as the time it received the signal, which, crucially, is slightly different from the time it was sent. Keep that in mind as we go. From this, and with some simple math, it can deduce the difference between the two. And given the speed of light, which is the speed electromagnetic waves travel, the receiver can determine the exact location of the satellite at the time the signal was sent, the exact distance between your phone and the satellite, and it can extend a line in every direction moving out from the satellite. Your receiver, your phone, or standalone GPS system, I'm using phone because everyone has one these days, now it knows that it is somewhere on a sphere that extends that length from the satellite. Connect to another satellite, and we can reduce that sphere to a circle. You could be anywhere on the line where those two spheres overlap. The geometry fans listening may be upset at me for this, as it is possible the two circles will overlap at a single point. This is true, but unhelpful. A system that relies on it is not one that will do the job it is designed for except by chance. And, in my opinion, systems that only do their job based on chance are usually poorly designed. 
the exception, of course, being DICE. A third GPS satellite, and we can know your location to within two points. A total of four satellites, and your phone or other GPS device, can calculate your location to an accuracy of around five meters, with a few caveats. Now, this is the real world, not physics land, which means there is inevitably a bunch of confounding factors that get in the way. For example, most people who use GPS technology do not do so from a vacuum. Not only do they not do so from a vacuum, they are so unhelpful as to not do so from an uninterrupted vacuum between them and all four of the satellites. Because of this, the signal has to pass through the atmosphere. This is more annoying than it sounds. The depth of the atmosphere depends strongly on the relative position of you and the satellite. A satellite that is directly above your head will pass through a relatively smaller slice of air than one near the horizon from your sightline. This is the same effect that results in the different colors of sky at sunset. Except now, an inconvenience. Since it is not traveling through a vacuum, signals that arrive through more air have more things to interact with on the way. They're slowed down. It's more likely that the signal is going to be slightly off as it bounces around through particles moving through the sky before it gets to you. This also reduces the accuracy of a GPS system. As you may imagine, at the speeds we're discussing, and the distances involved, making sure that the time broadcast by the systems is absolutely accurate, is absolutely key, nanoseconds worth of error compound quickly. Here's where things get a little nerdy, because real-world GPS technology is directly dependent on the theory of relativity. Despite being 100-year-old science, my editor assures me that the specifics of the math are somewhat beyond the scope of this podcast. But because of the way the universe is constructed, the clocks in the satellites, moving quickly and far away from a massive object, the Earth, will run slightly faster than a stationary, well, not quite stationary, it is on a planet that's moving, but you take my point, clock on the Earth, which is very near to a massive object, relatively, again. From the perspective of the satellites, the clock on Earth is slowing down. Anyway, for this reason, the incredibly accurate atomic clocks on board the satellites actually run slower than a standard clock to account for this difference. I do mean slightly here, but removing the offset would result in errors that compound by feet every single day. Another fun technology that demonstrates relativity is electromagnets. Maybe a topic for a future episode. In the meantime, let's talk about what we can use this for. The most direct application of GPS technology is tracking, and this is one that Let's Nurture has a lot of experience working in. Let me tell you about my favorite GPS tracking solution. Let's say you run a company that uses a fleet of vehicles, a delivery service perhaps. By adding our GPS tracking solution to the cars on your fleet, you can remotely and in real time monitor the location of all the cars that you worried about. But that isn't all. You can also monitor the specifics of each car. Track acceleration, braking force, the speed at which turns are taken, and the time spent idling. All of these can be converted into simple reports that you can browse, sort, and implement into your decision-making process. In fact, with the aid of this data, 
You can implement and enforce policies with the potential to reduce our emissions and fuel consumption substantially. Not to mention the potential benefits of letting you and your customers track the location of the things that we care about, whether it be a big-ticket shipment or a meal from that new restaurant down the road. That's not the only application by any means. GPS tracking is used in everything from the military to luggage transport, because, after all, who trusts those baggage handlers at the airport? It even provides a crucial safety net for hikers and campers who want to get off the beaten path. If you ask me, the modern world is built on data. This is just one of many opportunities for you to harness and engage with the oil of our time. And this doesn't only apply to cars. We've also developed ways for you to integrate GPS technology into all kinds of fields. A location-based social network, perhaps? What about a ride-sharing platform? The possibilities here are truly endless. And try to remember, next time, just how amazing it is that we can do this at all. How much time, effort, and sacrifice went into the technologies that were even the grandfathers of those that you now carry around in your pocket. That you casually connect to a series of man-made satellites that we launched out and away so that they could do nothing but tell people the time with a level of accuracy that would have been quite literally unthinkable even 200 years ago on the Earth, let alone while in a stable orbit of the planet. If you ask me, that's very cool. Until next time, remember to pay attention when you see a way to do something better. I've been Liam, and this has been Let's Nurture, the podcast. Let's Nurture.